Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, I have had the privilege and the blessing of being able to interview a lot of different people who come from a lot of different backgrounds and have really interesting and helpful things to share with us as we're walking on our journey of being human on this planet and trying to make connections and deal with issues that we have. And one of the things that I love about my podcast is that we are just very honest about things. And my guest and I were chatting about that a few minutes ago and kind of laughing a little bit about how I'm just kind of out there. And for those of you who've listened to a lot of my podcasts, you know, that's true. I just kind of say it because I figure if we're all thinking it, we might as well just say it so we can just have a conversation about it and get all connected and just be real. Stop trying to tiptoe, act like somebody that you're not. Just be yourself because we don't judge on this podcast. We're very open and honest because we're all human And we're all kind of walking the same path on some level or another. Being a psychotherapist, I happen to know this because I have seen and listened to so many patients come in and tell me their stories. And I'm saying no matter who they are, no matter what their background, no matter what their experience, we all have this human, these human desires and these human needs that we all share. So if we could all just realize that and realize we're all kind of the same and accept one another and and help each other on this journey, it would just just be so much better. So I'm going to stop blathering on like I tend to do, and I'm going to introduce our wonderful guest. This is Coach Lee Hopkins. Lee is a transgender man, and he happens to want to use the pronouns he, him, and his, and he helps people create lasting friendships. Oh my gosh, who does not need this and has problems with this, and I'm going to have so much fun talking to Lee about this. So after struggling with loneliness most of his life, he's tried various ways to resolve it, including moving across the United States to find his tribe and to fit in. But he learned that the key to creating meaningful relationships is not fitting in or finding your tribe. It's about attracting your vibe. Now, he'll show us how this is possible for everyone to do. Lee, welcome to Phoenix and Flame. Hey, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. I am going to have a ball talking to you. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. You know, I'm just going to toss out there before we start. As I was reading your bio and thinking about your background and everything, I was kind of wondering sort of like how you got to where you are right now. Like we all are on journeys and we kind of have Mm -hmm. twists and turns that kind of help us get where we're going. How did you get to where you are right now and being able to share this wonderful information with us? Well, yeah, that's a great question. You know, we're all on the same journey of some sort, right? So my start, mine started in a small town in Ohio. I grew up in a small town. And there, I just felt really disconnected. You know, I didn't feel like I was able to really be close friends with anyone. I wasn't really even connected with my family. We just didn't have that kind of family dynamics where we shared with each other. So I figured that I needed to get a new experience. So I went to college 
And it was certainly a new experience. There were a lot of new people, interesting things. I remember seeing someone with blue hair and being like, oh my goodness, wow, it's amazing. They're, I really <laughs> want to talk to them. But I felt like these people that were new and they had their own experiences in life, I figured that they didn't like me for some reason. I couldn't connect to them. I didn't know how to. So I ended up thinking that, well, it's the entire state of Ohio that's wrong. And I have to move to California. So I ended up getting an opportunity to move to California where no one knew me. I could present myself and uh, re reinvent myself, essentially. And I did just that. And just for the listeners, just for know, Dana, I was still female. I was still presenting as female. So I didn't transition there, but I invented, reinvented myself and I connected with people. I even started this big karaoke thing where... I was a mini celebrity. I was going out to these bars and people knew my name and they would have the drinks ready for me when I got into the club. <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. And I felt like, this is it, this is it. I'm so lonely, still so lonely. So again, my thinking was that California is wrong <laughs> and I made a mistake by moving to that state. So I ended up, having another opportunity to move to Chicago, and that's where I am now. Now here in Chicago, I thought, well, okay, I have this pattern going on. I moved from Ohio to California and I reinvented myself. I, I must be doing something that is not authentic. So when I went to move to, to Chicago, I figured the, the inauthenticity was the fact that I was presenting as female. And I thought, well, being male, presenting myself that way. I ran into the correct, the right people who helped me work through the process, who helped me give me, give me the language to put with what I was feeling. And this was about the time Caitlyn Jenner was coming out too. So it was like, all right, this is it. This is your sign. Do this thing and you'll never be lonely again. And Dana, guess what? <laughs> what? What? I'm dying to know. <laughs> I, I was totally lonely. I was totally lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I reenacted some kind of pattern where I was making the friends on the bar scene. I was staying out to the 4 a.m. bars and closing the bars down and making friends with those people, but they really didn't know me, know me. And even in the yeah. trans community, I didn't present myself in a way that made myself able to connect with people. And I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that there was something that I was doing. I always thought it was someone else. There was someone else. There was somewhere else I had to be, and it's not about who I was in those spaces. So that's what brought me to understand where I am today. Oh my gosh, that is so, and while you're talking, and by the way, listeners, I told Lee before we started that as we're going through this podcast, as he says things that uh, strike something in me, I'm going to jot a note down so that I can make a comment or question about it later. I already have like four things written down <laughs> just, just from what he said so far. But I wanted to, I guess the first thing I want to just kind of bat back at you is, is just the, why we're so scared to be authentic. Because I hear that so much. Mm -hmm. and just about everybody walking around is scared to be authentically who they are. And they, yeah. talk about that. Yeah, what's your experience yeah. with that? Yeah, well, it's terrifying to be rejected. I mean, it started now reflecting back on it. It's patterns and things that I picked up when being very little, you know, all of that stuff we, we know that comes from 
the interactions that you have when you're young. So the things that I thought were important and interesting and fun, when I would share those with people, they would be like, Ugh, "Don't, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? It's so critical. And subconsciously, that stuff just stuck in there. So yeah. anything that I thought was important or fun or interesting, I better not talk about that because people aren't going to like it. People um, aren't going to like you if you open your mouth and you talk about something that's interesting to you. So shut it, Lee. Just show up. Don't say anything. And um, I found it so what I developed was my coping mechanism for kind of um, being a people pleaser. So I don't want you to criticize what I'm going to say. So I'm going to wait for you to talk and they're going to say, I like everything you said. <laughs> that's what, that's what my thing, I can do whatever to help you out. And I think that's what, stir, what spurred the karaoke thing too, because I enjoy karaoke myself, but it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And I thought that, man, I'd be valuable to them and they'd have to like me if I show up and I did something important. Being vulnerable is just scary. Yes. It is very scary. Well, I don't know if you wanted to comment more on it, but my well now that I'm a coach, I, I help people with that vulnerability piece. That's the biggest piece of it is being comfortable in your own skin. Because we're all to some degree afraid to talk to each other. And so how do we get through that? How do we make a space where we can talk to each other. One of us has to be vulnerable first. And the person with the awareness and the comfortability, I think is the person to do that. It makes it comfortable for them to open up. That I think to some degree, everybody's had the, this, you're not good enough, or you're not smart enough, or you shouldn't say anything, or they're not going to like you if you do. But if I show up as a person who says, you know, I understand you, I like you, I think you're important, no matter what you say, then you're more likely to open up. I'm going to first give people what I do first when I meet people is I give them the upper hand, essentially. I'm the one that opens up first. I'm the person who's vulnerable because I've done some work to really think about what's important to me and how I can share that. And if they have an opinion about it, which is negative or which isn't supportive, then I can handle that. And that's okay with me. They had an opportunity to see who I am and I get an opportunity to see who they are. Oh. So what I recommend for people to do is to, an actionable step is to really think about something that is a hobby or history or something about you that you're comfortable with sharing, that's positive, that you're comfortable with sharing. Because you know that things that you enjoy can still be rejected. It can oh. still be hurtful. But if it's a positive event, you know, you've got a positive spin on it and you know that you're comfortable in it no matter what it is. So you get that opportunity to to share how you feel, what you think, your past history, and they get an opportunity to see whether you're a good connect or not. Oh, that is awesome. And what I'm hearing you say on, on some level too is taking baby steps because mm -hmm. first sharing something that's fairly kind of like, you know, an interest in something that the if the person doesn't like it or if they're critical about it, it might sting a little bit, not much. Mm -hmm. It just take just kind of wading in. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just had a, a client discuss something with about uh, about how they were trying to make friends with people, but they were just they just kept getting rejected in the sense that they would give and give and give and give their time. They would be like a therapist to their friends, you know, mm. and then it came the time where they needed to open up and share something, 
And it was just too much. I see your face. You know it. It was just too much for their friends to handle. They were like, oh my God, Dana, it's like me asking you, like, like you asking me to solve your problems. No, you're the licensed therapist here. You help me. I can't handle the, I can't handle the other way around. And so I, what I'd recommend for them is to take the baby steps. Don't go in there. First of all, make it nice and even. Okay, don't be like, give, 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 give. You've got to actually share a little bit and share a little bit with them so that they feel comfortable with and know to expect that from you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've, I've got so much, I'm so glad you're a guest on this podcast. I love <laughs> you so much already. So one thing that I'm thinking about as we're talking is something I tell my patients is imagine there's a ladder that's on the floor in between you and another person. Imagine mm-hmm. it's a long ladder that covers like the whole bottom of a, of a garage floor or something. And you take a step toward them. Like you go one rung Mm -hmm. and you watch and see what they do. And if they don't come forward towards you, like one rung, that's okay. You can take another rung, but don't go more than two rungs. If they're not coming toward you on the rungs, because I have some people that they race Mm -hmm. all the way across that ladder and they're like 10 rungs in and the other person hasn't even taken one step toward them. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) back, back it up. You know, you take one or two, you go one or two rungs and you wait and see if they take one or two rungs towards you, then you can take maybe one or two rungs closer to them, which is more vulnerability Mm -hmm. sharing more, but you have to wait. You're kind of vetting them to see, are they a safe person for yeah. me to share those deeper things with. I love that. Yes, definitely. You have to make sure that it is a, a kind of even, it has to be even, right? I, I think that that just hits the nail right on the head. I love that analogy right there. Yeah, it's just, it has to be. And really, we have a responsibility to vet the people in our life to see, are they a safe person to share because what you're talking about, these vulnerabilities, I call them pearls. There are pearls. Yeah. And if you, if you just like toss them out in front of every which person, it's like you're throwing them and I'm using a Bible analogy and it's probably not what it's meant in the Bible, but I'm using it this way anyway. <laughs> it's kind of like throwing pearls before swine. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they don't recognize them as pearls. They smash them in the mud and don't even care. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like if you share with someone who you haven't really vetted very well, maybe they're not at a space in their life where they're ready to be responsible with your pearls, but yeah. it's, it's our responsibility to, to vet these people and don't overshare with someone who hasn't earned the right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you get some resentment in there. You're like, Hey, you're not supposed to squash those. They're beautiful. They're, they took time. They're valuable. Mm-hmm. And, and you're upset with them for just doing the thing that they naturally would have done because they don't maybe have the skills or they don't have the ability to to recognize those things. They don't really care for it. Mm-hmm. You can't expect them to take care of your needs. And I really like that, how you emphasize that it's the responsibility of ourselves mm-hmm. to, to do the vetting. And I like the way that's put, the, the vetting. It's not so much... Uh, it's not, it's not so much like it's a, it doesn't feel like it's a, uh, it's a, a mean thing to do. It feels like it's an important and necessary thing to do because like, when I think about that, I, I think about boundaries and how when people talk about boundaries, this is a boundary you're essentially talking about and people hear boundaries and they're like, no, this is a, a bad thing. It's a keep people out. It's a, 
something like that. And it's not, not at all. No, no, because it's, it's not a judgmental thing. Yeah. You're vetting people. You're not saying they're right or wrong, good or bad. You're just saying that right now at this stage of their life, mm-hmm. they're not in an emotional headspace to be able to handle my pearls. And yes. I'm not judging them for that. I'm not thinking they're a bad person. You know, here kind of something kind of funny. So I was telling my, I was trying to teach my patient one time about circles of friends. Mm-hmm. And I, I had my hand stretched all out. And I'm like, okay, you had these outward circle of friends. They're like your acquaintances or whatever. You might know their name and a little bit about them, but whatever. And then I move my hands in a little bit toward myself about one foot away from my chest. And I'm like, okay, you have another circle of friends that you do things with and you enjoy one another's company, but you don't really share your nitty gritties. And I said, and then you have your third circle. And I pulled my hands way up right, I'm right in front of my, of my boobs right here. Let's just be honest. Okay. <laughs> and, and I, and I drew a circle and I said, these are the friends that are really, really close to you that they could like bury you with the stuff they know about you and vice versa. And she came back the next session and she came in and she kept talking about her boob friends. And I'm like, what are you talking about your boob friends? And she pulled her hands way up and she said, you know, the boob friends. And she, she was trying was like, Oh, okay. She was talking about the inner circle where I pulled my hands so far close to myself. They were right on top of my boobs. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, that's no different than bosom buddies right there. There, there you we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, Lee, let me ask you something else. You had said something earlier about assuming people you went like I asked you earlier about the twists and turns that kind of got you to where you were today and being mm-hmm. able to share and, and coach other people. You went through a time where you were kind of assuming that other people didn't like you. Mm-hmm. You were like, that's how you were interpreting their behavior. And I want you to talk about that some, because I hear that so much in my private practice, how we kind of project out because we really can't read other people's minds. And so we kind of fill it in with what we're assuming. Yeah. And so tell me about your experience of that. Yeah. With assuming. So I just, I was like conditioned. I thought that things that I did, um, hmm, this has turned into a therapy session for me because essentially I'm like, where did that come from? And I I think about, uh, (laughs) I think about, well, how in school I used to be, I used to like, I used to get really good grades and I would be liked by the teachers and not so much liked by the students. And so I thought, well, you know, whatever I did to connect with the students, I'm just not going to be liked. But my teachers, for some reason, they really enjoyed it. They really loved it. They really loved me. I thought me as a function of me getting a good grade. So whatever I can do well, it's something that I would be liked about. I would be liked. I would be liked for it. So anything else that I wasn't really spectacular with, the best at, no one's going to like me for it. And that was a really easy thing to put up in front of me because if you're in front of me and or if you're, you're a potential friend and someone I'm going to connect with, and if I can't do something really well that's going to impress you, you're automatically not going to like me. So anything else I say is not likable. Anything else I do is not likable. And so it was just that thinking before I did anything else. Now I'm pretty talented with some things and I'm comfortable enough to say now, like I can do artwork, I can draw, I can sculpt. 
I'm good with music. And those things just didn't seem like they would win someone over. And that was the only thing I thought was important to liking someone is to winning them over with some kind of entertainment, with some something fascinating, something like that. I, I, I just never believed that people would really like the person I am deep down inside. And what I've found is that it's not about what you can do for people. It's we make this connection on how we feel about things we do. What I mean is that our genuine connection doesn't come from it doesn't come from the things we do for each other, but it comes from understanding each other. And it's deeper, it's the demonstration that we understand each other. Because we want to know that we feel the same about something, or we want to know that you understand how I feel about something. I like to use this example of shoot, I've had a bad day, terrible day, and I want to go share that with somebody. I'm like, it's the worst day ever. I go to work and my boss is mean. My coworkers are always talking stuff about me. The commute was long. And I go and I tell my friend, I go and tell you, Dana, and you're just like, you're shaking. Yeah, okay, mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, yeah, bad day. Yeah, your face, your face. You're like, yeah, because you don't do that. You didn't do that because you know that you have not affirmed me and you have not shown me that you understand that I've had a bad day. Now, you may very well know what a bad day feels like. You may very well understand how I'm feeling this moment, but you have not demonstrated that to me. And so I'm like, well, I don't think you understand me. I'm going to shut down and never show you again how I feel. And so I found that it's not about what you what you can do for people. It's about that feeling and connecting people through that feeling of, you know, I understand how you feel and I'm going to demonstrate that to you right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like kind of what you're describing is, is empathy. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed some people are so much better at being able to feel what someone else is feeling. Mm -hmm. And some people are just terrible at that. I, I really got to be well into my adult years before I realized that not everybody had empathy. I just thought it was like breathing. I mean, because it's just natural. I mean, I thought, well, yeah, you know, we all have empathy. But then I realized by some key yeah. interactions as an adult <laughs> that not everybody can feel what other people feel. Oh, yeah. I used to tell people, I was definitely one of those people. I used to tell people, yeah, you can, you, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know, things like that. Like, yeah, I don't really understand how you feel and I don't really care. I'm not going to, I don't know how to demonstrate that to you. And I really found that it's because I didn't know how I felt. Most of the time it was just me being angry and resentful because everybody hated me. That's, that was my default. Everyone, I thought everybody didn't like me until I started to realize that, oh, you know what, um, I need to really get in touch with my own feelings. And since I can find, figure out how I feel, I can identify that in other people, identify like, oh yeah, you, you're feeling sad and maybe it has nothing to do with me, but you're feeling sad. Okay, I can understand. I can understand that. I can understand you a little more and then we can connect. But I, to your point, I didn't learn that until, uh, I don't know, early 30s. And I'm mm -hmm. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, oh, God. So good news for you guys out there. If you're in your 20s or early 30s or stuff. Yeah, it is not too late. <laughs> it is not too late. I mean, 
you know, the, the openness that you're describing is I think sometimes we can't get out of our own way because I crave conversations with people and especially, and sometimes people that maybe have very different views than I do. I love diversity and I love, Mm -hmm. I love hearing people's backgrounds and how they think and feel. But what I noticed is that it's hard finding other people that can engage in conversation with me without getting angry or defensive about something, you know, especially if it's kind of a hot topic or something. And, and I, you know, just really kind of want to talk to someone about, well, how do you feel about this one? Why, why do you feel that way? Where did that come from? And I'm just really curious because people that know me know that I'm just curious, but, but it's like, when I ask these questions, sometimes it's received from like, I'm attacking or criticizing and I'm, not at all. I just really legitimately am curious and want to know mm-hmm. because I find it very interesting. I find different ways of looking at things very interesting. And it's hard to find someone like you're saying who's open, that is in touch with their own emotions enough to be open to realize that someone else can feel differently about something and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, when that just really speaks to me because when you're when I was in so much pain and I was just anyone's opinion, I had to ref- deflect it. It, it will, like, you can have your own opinion, but it was, it was an attack on me. It felt like an attack for me. And so that just really speaks to me about that. And, it, and I hear you saying also that you are a curious person who is just looking to understand other people. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that other, other thing that speaks to me is that, wow, I had no sense of my own identity. And if you're going to ask me about how I feel about something, I don't know. (laughs) I'm scared and I want to fight you because I don't know. So don't ask me. (laughs) That's that's scary. I mean, looking back on it, I understand, but it was terrifying. And I, I'm now, I find myself now that I have a better understanding of who I am, I find myself in the same position. Like I can't find people who really want to, talk to me about how they think and feel because they feel attacked by that. And mm-hmm. it's just me trying to be a close person to you. I want to bet you and see if we're good together, you know? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that you had mentioned in, you know, you're trying to attract your vibe and, and I was reading through your material mm-hmm. was authenticity. I mean, you had one like tips to help people live in their truth, otherwise known as being authentic. And that's exactly what you're talking about right now. So what are your tips for my listeners who are having the same struggles that you're describing that they, they're so scared to be authentic, or maybe they don't even know who they are to be authentic. And what what tips did you learn along the way? Well, yeah. So I would like to go back to the vetting and the boundaries, because those are the things that really make the difference. I want to have your listeners Consider boundaries aren't just for keeping things out. They're also for keeping things in. So they are going to define who you are. Yes, they are going to define who you are. And I have three that I'd like to point out to you, the three kinds of boundaries. They're your needs, your negotiables, and your nevers. Your needs are actions, specific actions that you want to see in someone else. I I think people call those green flags now. Things that you want to see. Those are things that are good. Those are things that that bring joy to you. You want to see other people do those for you. You want to do those for yourself and see other people react in a positive manner. You have to see those things. So 
the negotiables, those are things that they're actions, specific actions and behaviors that you'll see in people that you might like or not like, but they're not deal breakers for you. And then there are your nevers. Those are things that you will see in a person and you will have to say goodbye. You know you can't put up with it. You know you can't handle it. You have to be strong enough to say goodbye and let go. I ask my listeners or I ask your listeners to look for those things. And those boundaries aren't something that we actually just like, uh, I think they are, they're something that we, we call, why I call happy accidents, just like Bob Ross, they're happy accidents. They're things that, they're experiences that you have and you bump up into them and you're like, oh, this is how I feel about this. I've wanted, I need this in my life. I never want to see this in my life. Well, maybe I can have it another time. So what I'd like to, your listeners to do is to experiment and go try new things and really think about how you feel about it. You have to really be able to get in touch with yourself, engage yourself through experiences. So that's why people were talking about journaling and meditation, because you have to look back on it. The experience in the moment may be way too much for you to decide whether you want a boundary or not. Looking back and reflecting is going to be helpful. One thing that I would have you start, how I'd have you start is to ask yourself, for what in your life are you most grateful for? Find out what's important to you and go do that thing. Go try that thing and really see how you feel about it. And then when you're, if you're really comfortable and grounded in your truth about how you feel about this thing, you go and present it to another person and see how they react to it. Is that something that you liked, disliked? Then act accordingly. But you need your needs, your negotiables, and your nevers. I love that. Your needs, your negotiables, and your nevers. Mm-hmm. You know, reflecting back to what you said earlier about attracting your vibe, what I'm hearing you say is learning sort of like having grace with yourself to kind of learn who you are and to learn what you like. So then you can't, once you know that, then you can attract, people will be attracted to you who like those similar things because the world is full of lots of different kinds of people. And I sometimes will have a patient that they're like, they want everybody to like them. And I'm like, girl, I said, (laughs) I said, (laughs) I said, do you like everybody? And they're like, they give me this look like, and I, I know you don't, don't even say you do. I know you don't look at your face. So if you don't like everybody, why is everybody supposed to like you? You know, Mm -hmm. so get over that. No, stop expecting that everybody's going to like you. They're not. Okay, newsflash, because you don't like everybody. Everybody's not going to like you. So, so what? Mm -hmm. So if somebody doesn't like you, okay, and, okay, that's uncomfortable for that moment, sure. But what you were talking about is attracting your Mm -hmm. vibe, you know, kind of coming into your own and realizing, you know, kind of what, well, I'm going to take a little sidelight here for just a minute because the first four episodes of my podcast are solely on boundaries. And I actually have a YouTube channel called the boundaries queen. Nice. Because I've been called that before. I literally got a crown from Amazon and I wear it as I'm doing my, my video, but boundaries are amazing. But see, part of that is like your yard and knowing what's in your yard and you have a right to it. Yeah. You know, if your neighbor doesn't like the flowers you have planted in your yard, so what? They don't have to plant those damn flowers. This is your yard. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And it's learning to just 
you know, figure out who you are so that you can then attract people who are your same vibe. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. They're going to people, they're going to be people walking by and they're going to love your flowers and they're going to be like, Oh my God, I have the same flowers. There you go. Then you have a connection, (laughs) you know? Yes. Then you have the connection and that's what it's all about. And I'd like to just step back really quick though, to say about, uh, you know, how you were talking to your patients, how we have clients and sometimes it's really difficult to be able to, to, to see that, you know, we'd like our flowers and it's okay we are surrounded by people who are always telling us that their flowers were terrible, but we don't like them. Your yard is a mess and, and stuff like that. So it's really important to be able to find some people in your life that can really help you see that. I want to confess that I didn't just come to Chicago and change my mind and see all the things that I see now. I actually had help. I went to a therapist and they helped me see that there's great things in me. Cause I was always talking about how things that I just weren't able to do well wasn't able to do this, wasn't able to do that. And they pointed out to me, hey, well, you actually did this. You moved from Ohio to California and you got a promotion, you're here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so how are you incompetent? How are you stupid? Where's the, what? I don't understand. So the pointing that, putting that in my face in a way that I can understand, it was really helpful to me and it helped me change my thinking. Like that's what you do. Essentially, you help people change their thinking and seeing like, hey, I don't know what your problem is with these flowers. I love them. You love them. Let's just do that. And until you get that kind of epiphany, it's like, oh, I can, I can love them. Okay. I'll I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. (laughs) So I really like this, um, this idea that you're the boundary queen though. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to go on YouTube and watch the, and see what I do on the YouTube channels is, is I just pick out like a one, one boundary snafu and then I deconstruct it about, about what, what, what are the boundary issues? And then I build it back up in a healthy way. So if someone's struggling with that particular issue, then they can possibly use some of the actionable steps that I mentioned to, to recreate it in a healthy way. But I did want to say, I know our time is, is kind of winding up here, but I wanted to point out based on something you just said that, you know what, we don't know what other people are struggling with. And so listeners out there, if you notice something about somebody that you think is awesome in some kind of way, whether you, maybe you like their glasses, mm-hmm. maybe you like, you know, the way they speak, maybe you like their sense of humor, maybe you like their hairstyle, maybe something, yeah. say it. Yes. Tell them, and I yes. know I'm asking. I know that's a big ask. I know it is. I'm not acting not act like it's not a big ask because it <laughs> requires you to like you know come out of your comfort zone. But I'm just saying, how many of you out there have had someone compliment something of, of yours, and you just kind of glowed the whole rest of the day? You just remembered that comment that they made, and you just even when you're going to bed that night, it was just like a little warm, like a little warmness mm-hmm. around your heart because they had said they liked your hair or they liked this or that. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to reach out to somebody and just say, "Hey, you know what? You look really good in that dress," or "You know, you look really good. I love those shoes. Where did you get those shoes?" And that, if we can all do that, if we all did that, if we all made a commitment to do one, to tell somebody one positive thing a day, some, somebody you don't even know mm-hmm. that you're standing in line with at the subway or that you're standing next to getting gas, whatever, to notice, pull yourself out of your, out of your own head 
notice people around you and just pick out something about them that you think you could compliment on and just say that. And I think that would really, that would go so far to help people realize that, you know, they can really like their own flowers in their own yard. Yeah. Oh man. I'm over here just like smiling and melting because it brought me right back to this time where I got a haircut and I wasn't quite sure about it. And a couple of people in the street just randomly, I'm new to Chicago and they were just like, Hey, love your hair. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you're like, so, oh, yeah, I love, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. So, I'm oh my god, kind of swooning a little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> even now, I mean, it, it is years ago, but even now, it, it I re- reminded and reminded of that really good feeling. And it's not hard to do. No, I mean, I know for people that are introverts, it's a little harder because they they have more anxiety about mm-hmm. saying something to someone they don't know. And I totally understand that. But you know, you mentioned something earlier, Lee, that we can reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that reinvention doesn't have to be some big hoo-ha thing all in one day. It can right. be one small little thing that you decide to do. And you can decide, you know what, today, sometime during this 24 hours, I'm going to pick one thing that I see on somebody or about somebody, and I'm going to tell them that I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too big of an ask, even for someone who's an introvert. And you could just make your comment and just keep right on going. I mean, you right could on. even pick someone who's walking the opposite direction from you. So as soon as you make your comment, they're already past you. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that awkward after comment, you know, <laughs> they're already gone. You know what I'm saying? I mean, plan it out. If you're an introvert, you can do that. But it's just like, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that would make so big of a, I mean, you don't know, you don't know how someone else is feeling. You don't know when they're going through something really harsh and that you can help them realize that, you know, the flowers and the trees that they have in their yard are okay. They can like the flowers they have in their yard, even if there's 50 people out there who have been harshing on them and hating on them about what's in their yard. And they're all beaten down, feeling like my yard is horrible. And, and, you know, be that one person that walks in their yard and says, you know what? I really like those flowers. Let's plant some more. Yes. Be that one person for somebody else. Exactly. And you watch that person light up and they'd be like, well, yeah, I, I love these flowers and this is why and such and such and such. And there you go with that wonderful connection. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, Lee, let me ask you this before we're going to wrap up today. And to be honest, listeners, I think I could sit here and talk to Lee probably for three more hours. So true. So true. (laughs) We've got a really good connection with one another and the stuff we're talking about, it just matters so much. And both of us are talking about things that are actionable, that are doable, that are baby, baby steps that anyone can do. So Lee, is there one last like thought or message that you would like to to say to the listeners of Phoenix and Flame? I want to say that I struggle with this last message hurrah because like you said we could talk for hours <laughs> we could talk for hours but one last thing is is to say that your experience is not unique and, and i say that because it just isn't whatever pain whatever suffering whatever joys whatever whatever you are experiencing someone out there has also experienced the same thing and they are looking for someone who understands their experience just the same way you think no one understands you, girl. Mm-mm. There are people out there who understand it. 
I understand and I can relate to you and Dana understands and she can relate to you because mm-hmm. we're going to sit down and we're going to, we're going to listen to your experience. And there's some people who've been through those experiences. So anyway, I just want to say that there's somebody out there who really wants to connect with you. Don't give up hope. That's awesome. So Lee, do you have any place that you want my listeners to go in a website or anything like that, that oh, they yeah. can visit to find more out about you and what you have to offer? Definitely. You can check me out at patternsofpossibility.com slash more possibility. There you can find a, a PDF, which is 10 ways or 10 tips to have memorable conversation. And I have a free course on understanding connection. So again, you can find that at patternsofpossibility.com slash more possibility. Slash more. I'm writing this down while you're saying that more because I'm going to put it in my show notes. So if any of y'all are driving and you can't, you're like, I'm not going to remember what he's saying. <laughs> no problem. I'm going to put all, I'm writing it down because I'm going to get it in the show notes. So you can go back to this episode as many times as you want and listen to it over and over again and <laughs> get, let's see, possibility. Okay. All right. Got that down. Awesome. Lee, thank you so, so much for your time and and the good that you're doing and and your care and concern and and your willingness to be vulnerable and share kind of what you've gone through with other people that are coming behind you that might be a little earlier on in the journey than you are Mm -hmm. that could really benefit from your wisdom. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dana, for having me. And thank you for what you do, Madam Boundary Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that point, I'll say... Listeners, if you have heard anything today, and I know you have, don't act like you haven't. If you heard anything today that you that you really love, that you feel like you could benefit from, that your friends, your family, your coworkers could benefit from listening, then please let's expand the Phoenix and Flame community. Put it, email it, text it, put it on your your favorite social media platforms, whatever those are. There's a lot of them out there. And just get it out there and share and reach out. Like I said, you can you can go to uh, phoenixandflame.com. That has a contact me page if you want to make any comments about this episode, if you have any questions, if you have any ideas of future episodes that you would like to hear us talk about, then you can send me uh, a message, you can go to Dana Skaggs at phoenixandflame.com. That, well, that's also a place that you can go to. Um, I'm trying to think any other. Oh, and you got the the Boundaries Queen are the YouTube videos. Now, at this point, I just have five. And I'm working with a consultant group out of Charleston who's helping me to kind of build all of this. So I'm going to be offering more stuff. So she said for right now that I needed to stop doing videos and focus on some other things for right now. So I am, but I've got five. I've got five posted. So if you go to the boundaries queen and you see one of those boundary snafus that reaches you, then then share it, like it, subscribe, leave me comments about this is stupid. I hate this. Or I think this is awesome. Or why don't you do a, a video on such and such and such and such that I, I, any and all comments, as you can tell, I'm not afraid. Any and all comments, tell me if you hate it, love it, whatever, wide open. We need to be honest and reach out to one another and just build the Phoenix and Flame community. So I hope you all have enjoyed this and you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame. <laughs>